uh, I woke up to the sound of multiple text messages and push notifications going off on cell phones in my house. None of them were mine. I wandered downstairs and I grabbed my own phone to check messages as the coffee started to brew with my eyes still a little blurry from that morning glaze that we have. Some of you still have that morning glaze even right now. As I cleared junk mail out of the inbox that the spam filter did not catch, and as the coffee is finished brewing now, a major fight breaks out in the living room. As one of my children has unplugged the phone of the one that was charging to plug in their own phone because their battery life is more important than their siblings. <clears throat> we, uh, one of the school iPads was not charged the night before, and the other school iPad did not upload the assignment, the big project that was due the night before, because Comcast somehow, my overpriced internet service, becomes hugely unreliable at exactly 4 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. It's a mystery. I don't understand. I finally get out of the house, and now I'm at a local coffee shop. Uh, I buy my coffee with an app on my phone. I open my Surface computer, or maybe it's a tablet. I'm really not sure which one it is. And I begin writing the sermon for today, thinking of what sermon graphics we'll put on the five screens in our contemporary worship in this room and the one large window, as we call it, in the sanctuary. Later, I arrive at the church, and I'll bring both my phone and my computer slash tablet with me to many meetings. I will read some 150 emails. I'll send another 75 emails just to remember that our network was going to be down for a couple hours in the afternoon. And panic sets in because I wonder, how am I going to get any work done? I guess I could call somebody and maybe see if someone is available to meet. I return home that evening to find the kids now in an epic fight over the TV. Who will win this battle? Will it be Xbox or will it be Netflix and the show that my daughter is binge watching right now? Finally, a compromise is reached. One can watch the TV upstairs and the Netflix and Xbox can happen downstairs on that TV. We finally settle in. But mind you, mind you, both kids will be listening to music through one of the apps and also sending text messages while they play their games and watch their show. We finally settle into our evening after dinner. We finish homework. It's math homework. And so we're literally writing equations with our finger on the iPad, right? And we upload the assignment. There's no papers to turn in. And we decide to watch a family movie, which means we're going to DVR other TV shows that we'll watch later in our free time, although our DVR is 98% full and everyone refuses to delete their shows out of the memory. It's now bedtime. And I check my email one last time, this time from my own iPad, and I find myself very frustrated by one of, by a kind of a hateful email that has gone out and I toss and turn for the next hour or two in my bed. A day in the life of Eric Camfield, conservative screen user. TVs, phones, tablets, phone tablets, computers, tablet computers. Do you think we live in a screened world? Do you think our everyday Christianity is impacted by screens? 
You better believe it. Let me share with you just some basic realities, screen realities. 78% of people probably today, 78, three-fourths of you, will use some device while you're watching TV today. Nearly 90% of those between 18 and 30 uh, are on social media with other generations rapidly catching up with them. The more money you make, the more screens you use and consume. In the western suburbs of Chicago, this would put us near the top of the list. It is estimated that the average American will view some kind of screen, TV, phone, tablet, computer, upwards of 11 hours a day. With that number projected to be close to 15 hours in the next couple of years. The more education you have, the more screens you use. Shopping. How many of you did Christmas shopping online at some place to avoid crazy people and traffic and all of that? Right. Um, this is interesting. The 2015 Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year. The word of the year was... Isn't that interesting? 2015 Oxford Dictionary, Word of the Year. Work is tied to screens. School is tied to screens. Our planes, trains, and automobiles have screens. Leisure, relaxation, disconnecting, ironically, involves screens. How many of you check email when you go on vacation? Why? Because it'll help you relax, right? Like you can like... Even our spirituality, church services, devotions, Bible reading, are incorporating screens as a medium in which we connect with God and others. Now, I could convince you today that our screened-in world is evil, that it is just a mess, and it's leading us down a horrible trail, that it's creating unprecedented social fragmentation, destroying social skills. It's the playground of the devil, and some of you would applaud or I could convince you that screens and technology are the gift from the hand of God himself that has given our generation the opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission for the first time ever in human history, that we need to press in and leverage screens for the sake of the gospel. And some of you would applaud. Or I could convince you of neither, that simply screens are just that. They're a device, a tool, a piece of machinery that have no inherent good or evil or bad, that they are whatever they are in the hands of the people that use them. So which is it? Well, I'm not going to really answer that question because I think it might be the wrong question. I think we need to have a different kind of conversation when we think about the screens in our everyday lives as Christians. Like them, embrace them or not, screens are a reality in our culture. And the only sign that we have of the future is that it's going to continue to increase, to embed itself in our lives and the years to come. I want us to instead to consider today as Jesus followers, how we bring intentionality to the things that are in our lives every day. Last week, we talked about tables. Today, we talk about screens. Next week, we will talk about the doors of our lives. We believe at Christ Church that we grow intentionally when a few things are working together. We want to be intentional in the pathway of which we live life as disciples of followers of Jesus. And so we believe it starts with sight, sight for the pathway to understand where I am 
and what I'm doing and, and the vision for where I want to go. And when I have a sense of that, I can be intentional with the training practices that I put in my life. Those things designed to help me nurture my relationship to God, to bring awareness, to put me in a posture to know God and others more. That we would be equipped for life because how we live life matters. The good habits, the bad habits, the good skills, the poor skills, what we, how we live life has an impact on all of us. And so are we equipped to live life with God and others well? Um, and we need partners for the journey. Connecting and doing life together. Community, relationships are the foundation upon which God has built and wired us as human beings. So I would like you to just keep this framework in the back of your mind as we think about this topic of screens today. How are we being intentional? So how should we view, view screens? There's no doubt that humanity is in a mega shift. You've heard of a paradigm shift or like some things change, but, but I think we are in this mega dime, like we are at a place in human history unlike anything we have ever been at in our lives. Screens are probably the most visible expression of just a technology of the day that we live in. Screens, the, the landscape of screens is impacting social interaction. It's impacting communication. It's impacting presence, what it means to actually be with others. Research is showing us that, the, that the, the kids that are being born today, like their brains are being wired differently than in the past. And those who are already, you know, youngsters and maybe some of us, our brains are being rewired due to the screens and the technology of, that we interact with every day. We navigate the world differently on so many fronts that it is staggering. And perhaps we don't even realize it. We, the, the, the screened world has simply washed into our lives and we live in it every single day. <clears throat> so if we are going to have sight for the pathway, I think we need to ask some questions first. We need to ask questions of ourselves. We need to ask questions of the culture around us to gain understanding. Proverbs says, A discerning heart seeks knowledge. But the mouth of a fool just feeds on folly, meaning they'll just take in everything. Or in Proverbs 17, it says, A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Meaning there's no boundaries. They'll just go and go, consume, consume. Jane, uh, Paul in Philippians says, And this is my prayer, that, you may, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. It's this relational knowledge. That you may be able to discern what is best. And may be pure and blameless to the day of Christ. Have we pursued what is best? Or have we just grown used to just taking in everything? As I considered the seemingly kind of unlimited landscape that is before us every day. I just had this question, this kind of core question to our humanity just keep popping up in my head. And it's this. Have we equipped ourselves with the necessary boundaries to protect us from us. The great hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, it's one of my all-time favorites, has this genius line in it. And you'll probably sing it when you hear it. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. If there's one thing humanity has proven over and over and over again, even from its earliest days, that when limits are removed, 
and restraint is not exercised, humanity often destroys itself from the inside out. It's the curse of sin that has warped humanity. But thanks be to God, by His grace, through His Son, the curse is reversed. He makes all things new. He redeems our souls. But this only happens when Christ is Lord of our lives. In other words, that we obey a rule bigger than ourselves that brings with it boundaries, that brings with it guidelines to help give us that full life that we really desire. But what humanity has learned to do, even from the earliest pages of our scriptures, is that we desire to be like God. We push beyond healthy boundaries. And we are presented, we have this opportunity for the omni-life omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, all-knowing, everywhere all the time, all-powerful. During Lent, we are going to preach a series on evil, deliver us from evil. And it's going to be fascinating to explore some of the lines. So I'm not going to unpack Genesis 3 because that's where we're going to begin. But when humanity falls, at the core of it was this desire to be like God. Humanity steps in to a land beyond maybe where they should be. They, they take the good things. I once heard, heard a definition of sin is the abuse of things made good. Taking good things beyond their intended realm. I like that definition. Um, it's interesting. Josh Rose, he writes for Mashable.com a couple of years ago, um, has this quote. He says, the internet doesn't steal our humanity it reflects it. The internet doesn't get inside of us. It shows us what's inside of it. And social media isn't cold. It's just complex and hard to define. The machine doesn't control us. It is a tool. As advanced as a sharpened stick was a couple million years ago, look through this lens. Perhaps we should reframe our discussion about technology from how it is changing us to how we are using it. I think that's fascinating. The danger within us and the opportunity that screens afford us is that we can go down the omni pathway. Here's what I mean. Omniscience, all knowing. We know that only God is all knowing, but what is at our fingertips, what seems to be all knowledge, all the time, whenever we want it, we become hyper learners. Now is learning a good thing? Absolutely. I mean, it is amazing the day that we live in. There's so much good. But when that hyperness kind of takes over our lives, now work can consume us. That we can, if we just learn a little more, we can accomplish a little more. Or uh, we have our face and screens as it becomes a diversion because even in the name of good things, we sacrifice relationships because we are just learning, 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 more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. Again, Slippery slope, not bad, but when it starts impacting relationships in unhealthy ways, maybe we have stepped a little too far because there's no end to where it can lead. Omnipresent, hello, social media. We are everywhere all the time. Um, we are hyper-connected. And so here's my question. Or maybe here's a few questions for you as we just think about our own site for the pathway. If I were to read your social media, your Facebook, Twitter, your mobile uploads, whose phone just went off? 
No, I'm just <laughs> Did you hear that? Your mobile uploads your streaming consciousness for the last 30 days. What kind of picture would I be able to create of you? If I didn't know you at all and I just looked, observed you for 30 days, what would I see? What would I know? I think one of the things, not you, but a lot of other people out there, is that we just keep with neon lights saying we are raging narcissists. Right? Me. I almost brought my daughter's selfie stick that she got for Christmas, not from us, but from her grandma. Right? And I was going to, like, take a picture of us all, you know, and, like, post it, you know. Um, Again, is connection good? Absolutely. Have we opened up doors to be able to connect with people, and have we been able to to do so much good, absolutely. But when we're hyper-connected, I wonder if it even disrupts, again, relationships that are maybe core to us. As you've heard the stories, maybe you've experienced it of the two kids texting each other across the room, right, instead of talking to each other. Some of it's kind of funny, but, you know, it's having an impact. Hyper-connection may take us beyond where maybe that is, that, that's healthy. Note to grandparents, your grandkids will not call you back, right? Get on Instagram and shoot them a text. They'll reply back just like that, but they will not call you back, okay? You got it? All right, just note to grandparents. Um, You know, and even the sense of worth, right? How often, like I'm watching this with my teenage and preteen kids, the value, the self-worth placed on number of followers, number of likes, right? Number of um, friends, those kinds of things. I wonder if it's, there's a line there between healthy to pushing it a little too far. Or omnipotence. We know that unchecked power has great potential to cause harm. That's why we have so many checks and balances in so many areas of our society. Even within the church, we have checks and balances to make sure power is not abused, where we don't find corruption. But one of the things that I think I have found is this screened power of what I call uh, screen snipers or the cyber meanness that you see where people are able to attack often anonymously or around different hashtags or goofy names and you don't know who they are, right? But it's the meanness, it's the character text, it's the tearing one another down, it's hate speech, right? That's coming off the fingertips or off the thumbs that seems to go out unchecked. And we don't hold each other accountable until it happens to us. In men's fraternity, just a week or two ago, we, we were doing a study in James. And it says this, James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Humbly accept the word that is planted in you which can save you quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, have our fingertips, have our thumbs become the new tongues of our day. So quick to respond and so quick sometimes to spew venom that it's often unchecked and we don't bring about the righteous things of God. In fact, we tear each other down. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister, meaning like the believers, the the body, he goes, is subject to judgment. Anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, which is a term of contempt, 
is answerable to the court. Anyone who says, you fool, is in danger of the fires of hell. Do you think Jesus was serious about how we talk to one another and how we respond to each other, especially as believers, as followers of his? Yeah, you bet. And so here's my word. If there are any screen snipers out there, my word to you is stop it. Just stop it. Show some Christian maturity. And if you have done it, if you've damaged relationships, I encourage you to repent and go to that person, not through a screen, but actually amend that relationship face to face. It may be hard, but it's the right thing to do. The gospel calls us to things like that. We should have zero tolerance as a church family, zero tolerance for hateful emails, anonymous teardowns, the stuff we observe in social media that are just unbecoming of the character of Christ. We can do better. We can call each other up and help each other live the gospel because the world is watching and it matters. Okay, I'm off my ranting soap box. Are you with me on that? Like I want to double underscore that. Help each other with this and don't put up with it. And and, uh, anyway... I don't want any veins to pop out of my neck. So how do we have sight for the screened pathway? This is what I want to leave you with. How, do we be in, how can we be intentional? Let me give you a few suggestions. First, be aware. Be aware. Be aware of how your screens, are they creating space for you to draw closer to God and helping you love others better? Or are they creating distractions? Are they creating barriers or fragmentation, a lack of focus to really love God and others well? Do your own inventory. Or perhaps track your own time. I suggested 11 to 12 hours a day. Perhaps you just try to monitor it. How often are you checking your phone, you know, computer at work, TV watching continues to increase. We're just now adding more screens to that time. I don't know if we can track it. I think we'll find it so prevalent in our lives. It's going to be like, well, I spent my whole day doing nothing but tracking how often I'm looking at screens. But I think it would be interesting just for your own awareness to say, how much time really am I looking at a screen? Second, my second encouragement would be put some intentional boundaries around yourself and in your homes, around your families. One in content especially in content. Create safe screen environments for yourself and for others. And when you've gone beyond healthy boundaries, when it comes to content, either what you've taken in or what you've sent out, um, commit yourself to put in healthy, good boundaries. Invite others to help you with that or ask what they do to help create content boundaries in your life. It is so important and it's damaging kids. It's damaging relationships all over, inappropriate or content beyond healthy boundaries. But I'd also put boundaries around, maybe it's time. Maybe you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not 7, 10, 11 hours. I might be 15, 16 hours. And I've not talked to someone in my home for quite a while. I, I would, I would encourage you to be jealous for face-to-face time, especially with those in your immediate home or your close relationships. Put all the phones in a basket or on the table, you know, or sometimes just turn off the TV, even if it's programs you like, and just talk to each other. Okay? It's, it's becoming a lost art. 
But I think we'll find that that is going to be the good stuff that we want to hold on to. Okay, so put some boundaries. Put some boundaries. Third, um, consider adopting some training practices. We said training for the soul. Adele Calhoun, I love her. She was so good at calling us to some of these spiritual practices. So I thought here are a few that you can incorporate into the screened world. One is just to go black and fast for a day or maybe a weekend. It was interesting. Tracy and I were talking about this. She goes, oh, I don't know. Like my Bible's on my phone. I'm like, well, I think scripture's also written on your heart. Like, you know, it wasn't too many years ago. Like we didn't have all of these screens. Like humanity survived for thousands of years. Like I think we could make it a day. But pay attention to what kicks up in you, right? I think you'll see some of this hyper connection, this hyper, like this stuff that just pulls at us. We might even be agitated. I think you just reflect on that and say, boy, wasn't that interesting? Just like, I didn't know how to slow or whatever your experience is. Or you may say it was great or it may be horrible. I don't know what your experience, but, but fasting from things is one of those disciplines that is a great reminder to one, draw us to God, but also reveal things in our life. Maybe you set daily prayer reminders in your calendar. I was doing this for a while. I was on kind of the fixed hours of prayer. So at different intervals throughout the day, I just had an alarm that would go off on my phone reminding me it was time to pray. I would stop what I was doing, spend three to five minutes to maybe read scripture and just reorient myself with God throughout my day. Great practice. Perhaps you download a, an app like Uversion or Bible Gateway, two great ones, on your phone, and you commit to uh, reading Scripture, listening to Scripture, which is audible now on these apps and any translation that you want. They have all kinds of studies that are attached to them. Why not be hyper-connected to God's Word throughout the day? Just an idea. It was interesting. Matt Franklin, who was playing the drum box, <clears throat> reminded me backstage that uh, on version, there's actually a new study called Hashtag Struggle, and it's geared specifically for those that are feeling like they've grown too dependent on the screens in their life. And it's a seven-day study that you can do, ironically, through your phone. <laughs> but it helps you redeem and kind of reorient yourself around the things of God, maybe breaking if it's feeling like it's a stronghold in your life. So version hashtag, hashtag Struggle, you can look that or perhaps you take on the exercise of the gift of encouragement through your screens, through your text, through your emails, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you're on. Maybe you become a hyper blesser for a week. Just finding opportunities to extend encouragement to others. Taking the, the, the focus off of ourselves and just lifting others up uh, and before the Lord. Screens are not going anywhere. They are the medium of our culture, and there's no sign that it's going to become less in the future. But the question is, how will we navigate the screens in our everyday lives? I'm not going to intentionally answer that question for you, because I think we need to wrestle in the mess of it a little bit, because we're all at different places. Jesus was a master of this. He would teach about the kingdom of God and leave, and people were scratching their head, Saying, like, what is he talking about? Like, what do we do? But what it did, it called people back to Jesus. It called them to be dependent on God, for the Spirit to work in their lives so that they knew what to do moment by moment. And I thought maybe that would be a good way to live as everyday Christians, seeking God moment by moment for wisdom and understanding and how we are to live each moment, each, time, each piece of our 
day. I hope that you will be intentional. I hope that you will seek to be intentional, that you will have sight for the screen pathway, that you would know where you are, you would know what you are doing, and you have a vision for how you're going to move forward with the screens in your life and in the lives of your family. I hope you will be strong Jesus followers who continue to ask every day, how am I loving God and how am I loving others? Knowing that screens are going to be in it in some way, shape, or form. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. And uh, we just count it such a privilege that we could gather together in this space. That, Father, we could see one another, talk to one another. And that, God, you have brought us to just an incredible time in history. But it calls for us to be wise. It calls us to be stewards. And so, God, I just pray that we would be intentional followers of yours. That we would seek to love you, to love others. And that, God, we would commit ourselves to you as Lord of our life and letting everything else flow from there. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.